Greetings, fellow movie lovers. Before we get started, a quick PSA. We love what we do here at the Media Morgue, and we're real excited to be back for our fourth season, which we hope will be the biggest and best yet. But we could use a little bit of your help in making sure that's the case. So if you haven't done so already, please take the time to rate and review our show wherever you get it, and subscribe so you can be notified as soon as new content drops. Without further ado, let's head inside. Yes. Parts. I've never done parts. The tiny pieces. There won't even be a scar. Let's have it. Let's invest 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 it. That's lightning strike. Thanks, man. I actually <laughs> realized when we, st- when we started the recording uh, last time we did this, Dan, you you like repurposed uh, the the monologue from season of the witch for the, for uh-huh. the for the recording. But uh, yeah, so Dan, we didn't why have don't you ready for, do the thing for this, for this one? <laughs> Come up with it on the spot. I'd, I'd be there to perform an exorcism on my daughter, but I'm not a part of the damn podcast podcast uh, patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome, folks. Welcome back to the Medium where movies come to be examined, chopped, screwed, reviewed. Sometimes they stay. Sometimes they stay, stay buried. buried. Um, and we are, of course, kicking things off with our third annual Halloween spooktacular. 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 Uh, this year, we're going to be. We're. We're. <laughs> the first two times we did this were only about Halloween and Michael Myers. We have left That's that bad. behind us. We are now talking about. Uh, the Exorcist, because David Gordon Green jumped to another horror legacy franchise um, this year around with uh, Believer. I can't uh, distinguish the uh, the the Halloween theme from the Exorcist theme in my head right now. I don't know which. Oh, they yeah, me neither. Like. They kind of blend, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Once it gets like orchestral like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I will say, and uh, not to jump the dun, gun dun, too dun, much, dun, 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 the Believer uh, needle drop over the credits, the 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 kind of revamp they do of the Exorcist theme for the credits is pretty good. It's the end of the movie, so you know. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're good at taking pre-existing stuff and uh, pulling your emotions out of that, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking it around and dumping it back out on top of your head. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah, who are we? Who are we? Who's talking right now? We oh haven't even introduced that, ourselves. That, mic- <laughs> that microphone is. <laughs> 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 Inhaling the microphone. The microphone is crazy. <laughs> I am a member of the damn patriarchy. I am Father Damien Karras. Uh, I am Pazuzu's PR manager. And I am Pazuzu himself. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> good. So good we could get both of you on the show. Yeah, we really wanted to do this. Um, <laughs> Actually, it's great because, uh, you know, as as Pazuzu's PR manager, Wes, pointed out, um, Pazuzu, you have a bit of a disturbing track record in, in terms of who you choose to possess. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd prefer not to talk about that. Um, Pazuzu okay. would like to uh, pivot uh, to talking more about his work in between uh, the two uh, possessions. Got it. Career. Yeah, the, the, diff- the various startups that I've <laughs> Pazuzu thinks there's really good special. and bad people on both yeah. sides. <laughs> Never mind that. Yeah, the, the charitable organizations possesses pretty much only girls under fifteen. Please don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach was uh, watching The Exorcist for the first time yesterday, and he was like, "The demons in hell don't talk to Pazuzu. <laughs> they, they don't mess with yeah. him anymore." Yeah, probably. It's embarrassment. 
Yeah, dude, you're doing too much. Um, Did you guys think that, like, this one, like, Pazuzu wasn't nasty enough? Like, he's very nasty in the original movie, and he, it, it was almost like he, he was, like, he kind of cleaned up his act a bit. I think so, actually. It had, been, it had been 40 years, Dan. I mean, like, he's a little Times have changed, high. I guess. <laughs> he's dating a feminist, <laughs> and, you know, you just can't be talking like that anymore. Um... So usually, of course, with the spooktacular, we like to sh- uh, pivot and we don't do our usual news opening. Instead, we have a, a game of sorts that is spookily related. And so we'll, I'll turn things over to our, right. our game meister, Wes Andre Goodrich, uh, to explain to the audience what we're doing today. Hey, every everybody. Um, thank you uh, for a third year running, uh, listening to us play a game that you guys can't play. Um, this year, <laughs> it is uh, a... Halloween scary movie draft, meaning uh, the four of us will be picking four characters from four categories uh, and building the ultimate uh, monster hunting team. Um, so the categories here uh, will be mage slash exorcist. This is a magical uh, or empowered character from movies, TV or comic books. Um we are picking monster, so a monster from any movie, any TV show, any comic. Final girl, uh, a normal person that has had terrible things happen to them for one or more movies, but has managed to survive. Uh, and finally, warrior slash hunter. This is your vampire hunters. This is your, um, I don't know, the fucking guys who shoot. Your handsome your guy with a sword. Yeah, yeah. This is or your, a chainsaw your, hand. This is your, uh, this is your Kurt Russell. This is your mm. squared jaw warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we'll go is serpentine style, uh, which means uh, who is ever first will pick one, two, three, four, and the fourth person will get two picks and we'll go backwards through until we've all picked a category, but we both can't pick the same monster. But we can pick different versions of the same character. Yeah. Uh, that's Wait, what does ass. that mean? What does that even mean? That's <laughs> it means, for example, so, so, so you could Dracula, say you want the Rob Zombie, Michael Myers. So Michael Myers is different. I think you can only pick one Michael Myers, but Dracula and Nosferatu will be treated as okay. two different characters. Uh-huh. Got it. All right. What's sure, a one sure. specific circumstance? <laughs> there's, a there's a few. Okay. There's a Name few. another. Name one more. Uh, fucking, uh, fucking, uh, uh, the werewolf from Benicio del Toro's uh, Wolfman is different from the Lon Chaney one. From the oh, one yeah. I'm wearing on my shirt. Nice. Glad I could help uh, you with that. If you choose that one, <laughs> how about that, you asshole? <laughs> so the picks, the order will be Dan gets number one, I get number two, Zach gets it's number over. three, it's over. Gets number four. Wow. <laughs> wow. Meaning, meaning you can pick from any category to start with, but we cannot both pick the same. Danny, take it away. And take away one of Zach's if you yeah, will, go for it if you want. Uh, I, I can't I can't say Hellboy because I mm, listen listen listen. Z- if it's in your heart, it's in your heart. Zach, I wouldn't I wouldn't that's do that really, to you. Really nice if I were to go with like a, a great monster that I think is intelligent and like a monster monster, I'm not going to go with like a slasher here. Although sometimes hmm. those lines can be blurred. I think I would go with like a Xenomorph Queen. Because if we're just kind of doing whatever we want with the lore here, then her little face huggers and their little xenomorphs are gonna kind of be mine smart, too, right? Smart. Yeah, be my own, yeah. be my own little army. So instead of a monster, I get an army. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty seems cool. like you. Uh, seems like you're cheating there, Joe. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> let's talk Exorcist uh, slash Mage. Wait, no, Dan. Wait, wait, hold on, Dan. hold on, hold on, hold on. You only get one pick. 
Oh, word. Okay. We're going to cycle through the roles. Picking. Yeah, okay. That's sort of the game, Dan. You get to take other people's favorite Like right now, for Exorcist, I will be taking John Constantine. So that What can we do about that? The best magician in comic books. Uh, I'll specifically be taking uh, the comic book version. I guess if we want to split hair, someone could take the Keanu version. Uh, but... I will not be taking the Keanu version. <laughs> <laughs> Only Zach and I can. Zach, do you like that movie? I feel like other people about? like this movie. Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> you guys are the worst. Anyway, go um, on, Zach. See, You're this next. is t- I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna say Hellboy. He can fit into any category, except maybe the final girl. Pick one. Understand you that. Pick one. Pick one. See, here's the thing. <laughs> oh God, he could be an exorcist. He could, no, no, he's not an exorcist. He could be. He could he be a monster? He's a demon. He could also be the warrior, but he yes. gets pieced in every fight. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me do the. Uh, I'll take the. Uh, I'll take Hellboy for a monster. Let's just. Okay. If you want me, okay. if you want me to distill him, if you want me to water him down like that, when there's so much more to his character, <laughs> then I guess that's what I have to do. It contains I, multitudes. That, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, well then for me, I will also go ahead and snatch, I'll make the final girl my first pick. Um, and part of this is because I just I finished binging all say. her movies, but it's yeah. Sydney Prescott. It's Sydney. <laughs> oh, you're the worst! If you, if you, if you told Sydney Prescott that she had to help hunt a monster, she would figure it out. She's just, I think, like, oh, she'd be pissed off about there it are and others have, who uh, are great. visions of her mom and her nightmares and stuff, but eventually she would come around she would. And, and help out, yeah. She would. I, I wrote this when I reviewed the first Scream. Sydney Prescott could kill a Terminator, uh, and then they make that joke in the second Scream. So, uh, that's yeah, that's who I'm going with. And you get a second pick because of Serpentine, uh, Justin. So oh, so I get to start the next round? Yep. Okay, so then my... my uh, hmm. Well, then I guess I'll just go ahead and, and shout out my, my mage slash exorcist now, Gandalf the Grey, specifically. If he was the, the white, gray, I feel like it'd Justin, be... Justin, he got fucking... Two. He died in the first movie. Not... Okay. Yeah, but like... <laughs> But he yeah, killed but that Justin, demon, didn't he? You have his god form, and you, you chose. Up, I guess though. you could say, from a certain perspective, Lord, Lord of the Rings is horror. You know, from, oh, from well, the perspective well, of the okay. spider it, uh, who Frodo no, goes no, into his cave and it. kills him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to that spider no, is a horror pick story. It, Justin, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a uh, it's dark fantasy. You can pick it. It's yeah, a cousin. Zach, you're you're up, buddy. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go for my warrior. I'm gonna go the predator. Yeah, there you go. But you didn't see that coming. Okay. You ha- you have a lone you have a lone predator, just one, correct? Yeah. Why? So so ne- so I mean, does he stand a chance against my xenomorph queen? Oh fuck, you're you know, right. That's you're the question. So right. Which will lay, of course, <laughs> face huggers, and a face hugger will right. latch onto your predator and and make a little predator alien yeah. hybrid. I don't see that Hellboy split or, allegiance between yeah. you and me. I, I just don't see Hellboy mm. or the uh, Predator doing super well against the Xenomorph. I'm a lot of you guys. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in this team so far. Damn. <laughs> Looks like Danny clears Dang. again. Um, <laughs> I feel as if I feel as if what I'm about to do might break the podcast, and I and I apologize in advance, but I'll be taking Ash and wait. wait. Oh, Wes. <laughs> oh, what are you serious? So sorry. I'm so sorry. I had, to, I had to do it. I had to take him. I, you know what it was? I really thought about this. And I thought I could take Mia from the 2013 Evil Dead. I could. 
Well, why would I? When the original audience is right here for my take. Dan, Dan opened the episode with an olive I'm not going to do Hellboy. I will not be taking Hellboy because I know Zach wants Hellboy. And Wes said, that's nice. Anyway, here's what I'm The weight that came from Dan. He's like, wait, Wes. Just like heartbroken. We're going to have to come back around to my warrior. I'm going to talk about my final girl. I'm gonna go with uh, Beth from Hostel Two. Uh, who 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 here has seen Hostel oh, okay. Two? No. She gets out of it by being richer than uh, all of her uh, attackers, and um, she's okay. she's caught in a place where basically the whole thing with those movies is like the rich uh, abduct the poor and torture them in these little hostels, and then come to find out she's not one of the poor abductees. She's actually richer than her torturer, so the tables turn and she gets to torture the guy who's uh, had her abducted and uh, also go back oh, out wow. into town and kind of kill off the uh, people who lured her in the, to the trap to begin with with a scythe. She ends the movie looking like the Grim Reaper, so I'm gonna. that's my final girl pick, I think. Just a rich... Cunty little badass. That's that's my pick. <laughs> nice, sick. So who uh, you, Dan-, Dan gets to start the next round? Okay. All right. Let's do uh, so let's do Exorcist, man. I'm gonna go with uh, again. This is very broad. I'm gonna go with Herbert West for me, animator. Uh, who, oh, like depending on who's writing him, is a is a hero or an antihero <laughs> or just a straight up villain. Uh, if I had him on my side, he could probably. I mean, he exercises with science, right? So maybe this is not. Uh, quite the same as exercising through faith or or magic in Justin's case, but my guy's uh, he's a he's a scientific um, necromancy dude, I guess. So that's my Fair pick, enough, and yeah. you just choose the scenery, the the Jeffrey Combs <laughs> portrayal. So I want to have him. My- really, I would have liked to see him interact with Ash, but you know that's that's all right, <laughs> Wes. No, you do you, man. This is supreme punishment. I did this to myself. Uh. I think I will go for Final Girl. I will go with McCready from The Thing. He's not a fucking girl, dude. Yes, he is. It's a matter. You don't have to be a girl to be <laughs> yes, a final he is. girl. Was the he, he, yes, he is. <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't have to be a girl to be the final girl. Okay. You do, though. That's like part what of it. What is a woman, right? I'm taking it. I'm that taking seems, it. That seems true. I'm taking horror, it. Used him for horror makes horror women follower. of us all. You might yeah, that's true. Um, uh, it's me. Whose turn is it now? Is it Zach's? Um, let me go. Final girl. I'm going to go Sarah Connor. Uh, Justin, you actually... Yeah, that's a good... That's my... That's that was, really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even have her on the list, but then... I don't know what you said. Oh, you said... Uh, what's her name? Sydney Prescott could kill a Terminator. Sydney. I was like, thank mm-hmm. you. So I'm going to go with uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah. My... what I have a warrior and monster left. For monster, like I said, Predator actually was on my list, but instead I'm going to go with Etrigan from DC Comics. Oh, um, because uh, he obviously has experience with, uh, you know, monster, other monsters and demonic forces and stuff. And also like when he's a man, you can reason with him. And I know that like Jason and Etrigan are different personalities, but they got to have conversations between each other. So um, yeah, Etrigan, I'd feel good about. Cool. Oh, and then I go again, right? Yeah. Okay. So my last one, this is a little tough, but for warrior, uh, I'm going to go with, yeah, Warrior is my weakest category because I, I if, you know what? I got away with one Lord of the Rings pick. I'll, I'll do another. I'm going Aragorn. Um, 
uh, Strider. Miss, I feel like, is pushing <laughs> credulity. Uh, going Aragorn. Um, I feel that. Listen. I want Darth Vader on my team. I'm going to say Darth Vader. If, if Aragorn is to whatever, then like Van Helsing. Uh, That's a choice. Right. We'll choice. take Van Helsing. Yeah. I'll do Van Helsing. Um, Which version? Do I mean, I only Hughes. really know the Hugh Jackman version. Yeah. yeah he a he, also, yeah. he yeah. becomes a werewolf at the end. So yeah. you kind of get a two obliterates his girlfriend. Just that was an accident. But yeah, he does. Does. When are you going to stop bringing it up? Okay. Now back to. All right, guys. I don't want to hear anything about this because. The second film was kind of a scary movie. I'm gonna go with the Scarlet Witch for my ex for my mage. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. And it has nothing to do with Elizabeth Olsen. I like honestly, I just I kind of just wish that you guys would get off my back about it. <laughs> at this point. Okay. Um, I will take. Uh, I guess I'll just I'll, I'll bandwagon with uh, with Justin and go Swamp Thing for my monster from DC. Swamp Things. Thing. Yeah. Oh, that's like that's crazy. Swamp Thing is like you can't. You take like, him anywhere well, out of that whatever. swamp, and all these can't. characters are super powerful. No, no but, he but doesn't he have control over? Life. Is it is it the yeah. Wes Craven Swamp Thing? Could be. It's an adaption. I forgot he made that movie where, where he fucks uh, Adrian Barbeau. No, <laughs> sick. But he, he, he can uh, he can materialize wherever there's green. He's control oh, wherever over the there's elements. green. So exactly. if there's if You're he's done. in like a, a building, is he does he help? Like if they go inside <laughs> of somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if there's a fucking swamp outside the building, you asshole. Like maybe some pot of What if you're fighting the xenomorph on a space station, Wes? I don't think he's a part of that. The, the xenomorph. Can't well, hang swamp on. Thing. Hang on. Swamp we're not. We, one thing about this game that we didn't clarify: we're I mean, fighting like, each we're other. We're fighting each other. Fight each we don't know teams. what the, where the arena is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we don't know what it's. It's threat like we're uh, after. it's Smash Bros. They yeah. they take pick and choose locations from each other's uh, history. Right, and then they just so they could fight in the swamp yeah, and uh, space station you wherever know, they cetera, feel like cetera. it. Um, mm. Okay, Dan, close us out then. What's your your final? Uh, I'm I'm sticking to horror franchises mm. here. I think I'm going to go with uh, Reggie from the Phantasm movies, who was kind of an attempt <clears throat> to do like their own kind of in-house Ash thing, where the guy becomes progressively more capable and more of a badass mm. over the course of the movies. Mm. Uh, he starts the first movie as an ice cream vendor, and by the second movie, he's a quad-barreled shotgun, and he's driving across the country. <laughs> hunting the tall man's little minions. So, uh, yeah, played it very endearingly by Reggie Bannister, one of my favorite performances in a horror movie. Uh, that's Solid. that's my pick. So, to cool. round out our, our groups here, Monster, Xenomorph Queen, mm. uh, Hunter, Reggie, Exorcist, Herbert West, Final Girl, Beth from Hostel 2. The most... The most uh, our, that's yeah, pretty that's, that's cast, definitely the yeah. most... Um, yeah. Obscure list, and, but it. But I uh, I I had John Constantine for Exorcist, Ash for Hunter, McCready for Final Girl, Swamp Thing for Monster. <laughs> McCready for Final Girl. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys. It's fine. You pick Gandalf. You pick Gandalf, and you're gonna pick Aragorn. This is a horror pitch. Right, my turn. Uh, for Whatever. my uh, mage, I got the Scarlet Witch. For my monster, I got Hellboy. I feel like I did him a little dirty with that category. Final girl, I have Sarah Connor and my <laughs> and my monster. <laughs> and my warrior, I got Predator. So, 
And I, yes, did Gandalf for the mage, Van Helsing. Gandalf the Grey, Justin. for the monster. And I don't remember. That's not. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Final girl, Sydney Prescott. Um, I got to say, man, I feel That's I feel good. good about my team. I feel like my team, team is, is well-rounded. They're strong. And the thing about Sydney, like I said, she's adaptable. So, like, she'll she'll pick up what she has to pick up. And, and uh, unless she probably is better at facing... Uh, any other kind of threat than Ghostface, though, because she in the, in the later movies, I'm like, why aren't you automatically? But this isn't a scream review, isn't she though? Like, like she rolls up in five, just like shooting everywhere, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> blasting through doors, but she still gets stabbed. What I yes, say is if PR manager. Dan, Go ahead. If, is if Dan hadn't uh, Dan, if Justin hadn't taken Sydney in in the first round, this may have gone differently, and I may have spared Dan. <laughs> Were you going to choose? Uh... Uh, ready or not, girl. Uh, oh, that's Lady. that's a good one. She's. Good. I should have. I didn't think of that, but yeah, maybe. maybe. She's really good. I guess she's kind of a warrior too, right? Yeah, she's mm. both. Final girl. I mean, final girls technically are the warriors of the yeah. movie anyway. Because did you see the last, uh, yeah. last longest? Yeah. Did anyone see the hunt that 2020 movie with uh, where it's like all those people are like brought to like an island for like rich people to kill? No. That sounds like it's right up my alley. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's well. I was gonna. I was looking at her. <laughs> Did that have um, Emma Roberts? It had. Yes, Emma Roberts is in it. Yes. Okay. She got in some trouble recently. Emma Roberts is the true is the true horror movie character here. I I also I almost picked her life is a horror movie. I almost picked um Nancy. Well, I didn't almost, but on the third pick for Final Girl was Nancy, Nancy Thompson. From Nightmare? Yeah, from Nightmare. I thought maybe you were gonna say good, Nancy Drew. That's a good one. <laughs> Nancy I Drew. I would have picked Nancy, but Justin, just in terms of putting up numbers on the board, she gets taken out in three. Like she's in two ah. appearances, dies in well, the second one. Were, the, were these like uh, how much we mm. like these characters, or like how effective we think? I they tried. Would be? I tried I to think, pick people I think who are good at what be, they do. Yeah, they both I've have got to be in there. Mix in there, I think. Nancy, um, Nancy gets taken out pretty fast. Also, one of my monster picks was um, T eight hundred. I was uh, also I good yeah. One. The the T eight hundred would probably be a fair match for the Xenomorph. Yeah, I mean, the I assume the facehuggers would melt the skin, but they probably couldn't melt the exoskeleton. So it's tough, mm-hmm. and obviously, right. you know, or the acid breath, yeah. whatever. Um, but you know who the 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 monster none of us picked is Pazuzu. <laughs> I wonder how our our team would fare against shit. him because we enjoyed that. No, he can't do movie. shit. He's I, like nothing. he's doing small potatoes. He's doing small <laughs> yeah. potatoes. Well, I guess that tees us up to talk about um, how he gets beat up by a musical theater actor in uh, Exorcist <laughs> Believer when we come back from the break. You know, guys, when I when my daughter was possessed by a demon, the same mm. demon that was possessing her best friend. The mm. first person I wanted to go to was the scared mom of a little girl mm. who was possessed by a demon 40 years ago. It's just <laughs> like ba- barely hanging on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. who I go to. Yeah. This is an Exorcist Believer. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I mean, do we do the stats on this? Like, what do we even say with this? Like, yeah. What, 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 what are the stats so on this movie? 2023, uh, again, continuing the tradition that he said of like, you know, doing uh, a solid like decade release after, I mean, not just one decade, but you know, like 
Halloween 2018 was exactly 40 years after the first Halloween, right? I think because it came out in 78. Mm -hmm. And so he's doing that again with this because the first Exorcist came out in 1973. Um, So he likes his his round round, uh, numbers. Um, That's messed up. Happy birthday, Exorcist. Hey, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, this is the recent release from David Gordon Green under Blumhouse Pictures, which we'll talk about. Stars Leslie Odom Jr., Lydia Jewett, Olivia O'Neill in her film debut, uh, along with a bunch of other people, including Norbert Leo Butts, who's another theater actor who I quite like. Um, doesn't get to do a whole lot in this movie. Um, but it, it, this is, I guess, supposed to be a direct sequel, like a legacy sequel. I don't know because I haven't seen many of the other Exorcist movies in this lineage, what continuity it's discarding or not. Um, I mean, the horror franchises have been, they always have this problem where there's kind of a branching timeline thing going on. And it's like, this is the direct sequel. Yeah. And then 10 years later, right. no, this is the direct sequel. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the second direct sequel to The Exorcist, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Whereas Halloween has like uh, two four. or three direct like sequels to the original movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... The well, the original actual Exorcist two actually brings back Linda Blair in like more like full mm-hmm. roles. Uh, this one, uh, kind of like it almost seems like it's trying to hide the fact that uh, this is like technically an Exorcist movie. It, it's mm-hmm. it's very strange to me. It it seems like it's trying to teeter around like using uh linda blair uh and using ellen burstein mm-hmm. like she's in the movie for about three or four scenes it's like well, why don't you just say it with your chest yeah, guys this is an exorcist, this is exorcist you yeah. know it's exorcist um it has kind of the same problem of halloween 2018 where it it, it does like passingly you know show off laurie strode and stuff but for the mass audiences it's focused on the teenagers for a lot of that movie and for the mass audiences this time it's focused on like two new little girls uh but I think this probably would have benefited from being about like a much older mm. Linda Blair. Mm. Yeah. I, I almost, I, I, I don't see why not. Right. Like when you, the whole kind of formula that's been established by David Gordon Green with the legacy sequels is, you know, yeah. Bringing back the, I mean, at this point it's like bringing back anyone, literally anyone who was alive for the filming <laughs> of those movies. Mm. But I, I would think that, you know, Linda Blair, well, First of all, what I'll say to your point about saying it with your chest, I remember when the trailers first started coming out and it was sort of like a like a um, like an undercover trailer. Right. Because when it starts, yeah. it could be like any run of the mill thriller about a guy Anything. who loses. Yeah. And then you hear the the theme and Ellen Burstyn shows up and she's standing in the window and it's like, OK, this is what this is. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I would think that you would go for Linda Blair first. And maybe they did. You know, when we when we talk more about the original later on, there is, of course, a lot of research and history that's been done on ter- in terms of how that onset environment was. And maybe it was just straight up traumatic for her to think about doing all that well, again, you know? I know that she was horror convention royalty mm. for like a really long time. Like the, mm. the lines to see Linda Blair were like comparable to seeing like Marilyn Burns or like Jamie Lee mm-hmm. Curtis or something like that. And she really loved her fans and stuff. And, uh, you know, she, she was pretty active within that little horror community. She has like a, cameo in the first scream movie she's always like cameoing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that she's kind of embraced her like uh iconic status so i mean i don't know maybe it was maybe they did approach her and like you said justin she just didn't really 
I don't know. Who's to yeah. say? Uh, but I, I can't imagine like she does show up in the movie for a scene. So it's like, why, why not? Why, why would she be the thing that's mm. like keeping it from being what it was supposed yeah. to be? I feel, I feel as if, uh, you know, well, first of all, I think the reason Linda Blair shows up at, at the end is because she's probably going to be one of the leads of Exorcist Deceiver, I think is the oh, uh, name. Um, they're making another one? It's a new trilogy, yeah. Zach. Come on. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with the little girl who gets sucked up into hell at the end. Um, yeah. I would, I would say, I would say my thing about this movie is I think David Gordon Green is a really good study of what made horror movies in the 70s so unsettling. So the cutting style of Exorcist, the weird color palette in Halloween with the long lenses. I think he, he knows what made the, the wide, the wide. Or you, you mean the David Gordon green? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think, I think he okay. knows yeah. what made those movies work. There's like the editing and exorcist believer, I think is really spectacular in the way that it makes mundane things feel grotesque. I yeah, think especially my the first 30, 30 to 40 minutes, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think my struggle with the movie is that it's, it's, it, it can't really decide what it wants to be. So it kind of wants to be a new story in the exorcist universe with a new mm-hmm. set of characters using the iconography of the first movie. But then at the midpoint, kind of, but at the midpoint, it, it brings in uh, Ellen Birdstein and it goes, okay, this is the legacy. Scene. This is like what we did with Halloween. Like we're back. And I feel like mm. the two versions of the movie are fighting for supremacy inside of themselves. It also kind of wants to be like, Sure. Hey, like the Catholic Church has some like complications. Like maybe they're not the best people to be handling things like this. Mm-hmm. So I, I I feel like it's a movie that like wants to honor the predecessor, but can't quite decide what it wants to be. Which the iconography thing is interesting. That's because I, I guess I feel like the original Exorcist is specifically such a Georgetown movie, mm-hmm. with like those steps and like those those like little houses on the hills and mm-hmm. stuff. That movie that movie has kind of like a regional mm-hmm. specificity to it. You know what I mean? I'd agree. This this one, I guess, is you know it's it's still in the suburbs and shit. But when I think of like the iconography, I think of the the steps. Mm-hmm. And I think of Reagan's room and, and I think of like her bed frame and stuff, you know, I, I guess it's hard with something like this. You know, they are using the music and they are, you know, Ellen Burstyn is is there in like a very limited performance. It's much easier in something like Halloween to find a way to use that iconography. It's like we're going to figure out some way for him to mm-hmm. get his mask back. Right. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there's the music uh the evil dead rise earlier this year managed to work in the kandarian demon pov swooping through the streets and stuff and like that's our way of getting the iconography back but i think exorcist for it's such an iconic movie i think it's the hardest one of these to try and and bring back what's really recognizable you know and that's probably because of how freaking fought to make that movie look right he didn't really want it to to necessarily look particularly iconic right he wanted it to look almost documentarian yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. well how would i homage a documentary i you know i don't know I, um it, yeah. i would i would cast a little white girl who looks like linda blair did who, when who she was told why are we so afraid to make little bitches green again like, just make, her green. <laughs> make her green when i think of the exorcist i think of a little green bitch screaming you motherfucker <laughs> yeah, sure. you cunt you know for sure. I, I that's think, what i wanted to say i mean i think 
I, what you said, Justin, is really smart. When I we'll, we'll get to the Exorcist eventually, but I, I rewatched it with commentary from Friedkin, which is really just him like explaining the movie to you, being like, "Well, I did this because of thematics." You know, R.I.P. to the goat. But but mm. one of the great things that he talks about is like the reason why the people have found the Exorcist so scary is because it feels so naturalistic as to mm-hmm. like yeah. lull you into a sense of like this is just a drama, like this is just a d- drama. The way he yeah. shoots it. And then Linda Blair like floats out of her bed and you're like, fuck, like what's happening? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it feels, it mm-hmm. felt so real it for does, so yeah. long that when the shitty, when the shitty horror stuff starts happening, you start to feel um, like, oh, this could happen to mm. my neighbor. Like this could really happen. Um, right. And I think this movie, because of just the development of horror movies and the fact that since Exorcist, Exorcist movies have had to like raise the stakes Mm-hmm. To like be better, but then you get to something like Exorcist Three, where it's just like a totally different ballpark. It's and, so good, and dude. It's like a I love great movie. horror movie on its own. I love you know? that it's movie. It's amazing. Um, yeah, but, yeah, it, but but I, I see what you're saying though. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, Justin. I'm and, sorry. And no, I, I I was gonna say I I I see your point as well. I think um, to get to dig a little more into this movie specifically, there are maybe also character choices that they do to try to homage the original, right? So we follow Victor, who's played by uh, Leslie Odom, whose wife uh, was killed, was mortally wounded during a, the earthquake in Haiti. That's how the movie begins. Like she, there's mm. a, this earthquake, 2008 earthquake, I think, in Haiti, which obviously was very devastating, mm. real world incident. Apparently um, when you saw this movie in 4DX, the seats vibrated during the, the hurricane oh, uh, awesome. in Haiti. That yeah. So it kind of kind of makes you wonder about the ethics of a 4D. Yeah, <laughs> whether or not experience. that's necessary. Wait, wait yeah. so can we talk about the, the Haitian like op- opening real fast, yeah, which less, I think is, is their version of the Iraq prologue of exorcist. Yeah. Seeing, seeing the statue, mm-hmm. uh, Max which, von Sydow across from the statue, which it feels a little, they, they even have the dogs fighting. Mm-hmm. Like they even brought that back. It feels a little trivializing personally as someone uh, who was raised by a, a Haitian person and personally experienced like family members in the hurt in the, in the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt a little trivializing to me to like open with a real life tragedy mm-hmm. as the cold open of your franchise horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get what they were doing and I get that, you know, and I think there's problems with even the exorcist using Iraq as like this, like exotic location where Pazuzu is hanging out. I'm going to write a, I'm going to write a gremlins legacy sequel that opens with nine 11. Yeah. Like something insane. Yeah, that over. <laughs> well, Texas chainsaw uh, was already using the school shooting backdrop. Yeah, so it's, shooting, it's, right. yeah. I, I, I understand that. I, under- I saw her the other day that actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did. I saw her at film forum. It was good. I, the whole time I was, I was the whole time I was just thinking like, I, I want to ask her about that Texas Chainsaw movie and sh- see how she feels about it. But I, I thought better. Of good it. for the better, for the best. Yeah. Um, to your point, Wes, I think this is sort of baked into the 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 problem with doing this kind of movie is first of all they have to figure a way to to like update it, and so well if the originals was kind of I, you know. All a lot of these horror movies, most horror movies are grounded somehow in something that's socially or politically going on. We've talked about that a mm-hmm. lot, and so um, and we can definitely see you know discuss that with with the original. But I think um, with Believer, yeah, it's it's one of those things where especially if you have connection to what happened in Haiti, you're like, oh, that's weird. Um, and although they do some work later on in the movie with like bringing in the the Haitian voodoo priestess 
during the exorcism to kind of like actually reconcile that with Christianity as part of the solution for what's helps, you know, saves these girls, save these girls, which is kind of interesting. Um, but the, uh, as far as the character of Victor himself, there's also this like crisis of faith that happens, right? Very much like Karis in the original where he's, I mean, Karis is still performing as a priest and as a, as a counselor to priests, but he's essentially going through the motions. Whereas Victor has mm-hmm. essentially abandoned all of that. He doesn't, you know, we don't have any indication that he's raised his girl in any kind of religious um, or spiritual home. Very secular, you know, all that because his wife had belief and she died anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And so to that, to that end, I think that his character is the most compelling in the movie. Um, Leslie Odom performs him very well. He's a great actor. Um, he's great. Yeah, he's wonderful. I think, you know, and, and I also think the two girls to their credit. Yeah, they're very capable. Awesome. I was going to yeah. say they're they're very there, there's a probably and I don't know if this speaks to or against the film's credit uh but especially when measured against the original maybe it's better because this is one of the more realistic aspects which is when the two girls are being examined after they both return they show they after they uh, are found and they're in the hospital room and we're cutting back and forth between their two exam rooms as they're getting like asked all these questions and the conversation is being like continued across because they're getting the same kind of boilerplate talk. And then they have to examine them for whether or not they were abused or anything. I found that very effective. Um, And there's almost this kind of, uh, maybe there's a comparison, obviously there's, this is a possession movie, but in terms of the ownership of the body, the autonomy of it, like this idea of how the medical world really has to kind of, in order to determine whether or not you've been hurt, they have to hurt you in some ways or make right. you uncomfortable. And they have to kind of reinvade you. Um, so I found those scenes really effective. I thought the girls were great in that. And then I think literally as soon as Ellen Burstyn, as soon as Claire McNeil as the character, not to speak ill of the actress, as soon as the character appears, the movie starts dropping down the hill fast because it becomes like you said, Dan, the force awakens, but for, you know, for the exorcist. Uh, and it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. To that point about, uh, you know, doctors having to hurt you to heal mm-hmm. you. Um, it's funny because I, you read about like people passing out and like showings of the original exorcist movie. And it's like, Oh, I mean, were they that shocked by, you know, the crucifix masturbation or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, but people were were passing out for those yeah. medical examination scenes. Yeah, the, blood oh! gets the tube put in your neck and the yeah. the blood splurts out this yeah. very like grotesque uh, kind of aspect <sighs> to it. I think um it's it's really effective that scene in the original movie and I and I kept yeah. waiting for for something to feel like it had that kind of bleeding edge to it. Like I don't know. This this yeah. one feels a lot like one of those early aughts uh, PG-13 remakes of old horror movies, you know, like that remake of uh, hmm. Fright Night and, uh, you know, Prom Night and, and all that Actually, stuff. like uh, Fright Night. The remake? <laughs> yeah, I do. I like it. I, I, what I'm saying is it just, it just feels like one of these really sanitized and kind of glossed over versions of something that used to kind of be like counterculture and uh, right. shocking I- in, in a way that like, urged people to talk about it you know i mean i think i think you're right i mean i i think uh the 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 one thing that i would push back against is i think the sequence where the girls are missing and the parents don't know what to do is as upsetting to me i mean as upsetting but is is a similar like um tenor of upsetting to linda blair having all those 
wires and tubes being stuck mm. into her just because it reaches a, a kind of realism of like going through yeah. the room. Where yeah. are they? We go to the police station. We don't know where they are. Their sneakers are still mm. there. Like that's that, mm-hmm. like that stuff is really disturbing in a way that I was like, okay, like this is what, this is like kind of why exorcist is so upsetting is it's because it's like the demon shit ultimately is like, Sure, it's scary, but like the scarier shit is like, oh, my daughter is sick. I don't know what, yeah. it, like, which is true for the original, yeah. I think, as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The terror of yeah the 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 parent angle of it, the relational angle of it, is is present in both the movies. And so I was like, that's again, I, and I wrote this, uh, you know, when I uh, when I was talking to both Wes and Dan about it, and also like on Letterbox, but just I was on. I was really like engaged. I was I was strapped in for those first for the first act because I thought it was building pretty well. Even if the Haiti thing was a little rocky, like I, the only real complaint I had prior to uh, its attempts to connect to the original movie was that we didn't spend a lot of time with um, who the girl who played the white girl uh, with Catherine. I think is her name. We spent a lot of time yeah. with Angela because she's she's Victor's daughter and they're kind of the main characters. But if you're doing two possessions, you want to. Care about right. both the girls, I assume. And by the time uh, Catherine, you know, she start her family gets involved. It's almost you like can't a, care too much about that little white bitch because she's going to get dragged to hell. It's it's a little belated. It's a little belated. Right. Yeah, and then you know, I I just felt like if we should have, we you know, we meet her kind of again in a cool sequence where they're doing the drop off at school and you're seeing the chaos inside of her her car with like the two parents and the two other siblings and all that, which is funny. But I would have liked a little more time with her but otherwise i was strapped in i think um yeah it just also internally the logic of it the logic of deciding to go talk to claire mcneil i i like i guess but i don't know why read like the book. get get read her book read, read the, the book. synopsis and then go yeah, i don't know someone. why decide we to we don't need to why bring her to the house who's <laughs> like a hundred yeah, bring her Bring her to the house. Are you sure about so that? She can talk and about then the you know, <laughs> and, and she also right. like. Let, let, let's be honest. Like, didn't really do anything at Exorcist. She didn't do anything. Like, like oh well, really not in the first really movie, but also resents, not in this. Do you really think she resents Karis and shit? It's like he saved your daughter. You wanted Sacrificed to be in the room. Himself. Yeah, that was a weird you line. Wanted to be in the room with. Yeah. Also, does she know? Does she know what happened to Karis? So like, does she know that he like? <laughs> and you said, "Come to me!" Yeah. <laughs> and then like jumped out of a window. Did she like walk outside the next day and see like a? She must have dementia. Like, she must have thought that they yeah. all went out for ice cream sundays after the events. Of the <laughs> yeah, it was it was all fine. Like, this is like that reminds dead me. Priests. Yeah, in your daughter's bedroom. Now that that yeah. <laughs> that I like reminds me again of what I wanted called, to say, uh, Captain Howdy. Uh, Pazuzu. Yeah, the, the, that's the, yeah, yeah, me too. I really like Pazuzu name doesn't catch on until uh, two. You yeah. know, that's interesting. I mean, I, I I love that it's like I love that it's like a childlike yeah. thing. Yeah, of course. Like no, I read an essay once. Um, that was talking about how 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 yeah. fuzzy and warm that scene is is kind of used against you because you know that you're watching a horror movie and this Captain Howley character cannot be like an innocuous mm-hmm. imaginary friends thing. Like that's going to go somewhere. Oh. So the first like real like kind of um, wave of anxiety going over you is like during that scene where she's with the Ouija board. Yes. Uh, oh. I, I don't yeah. think this movie has anything like that because it doesn't kind of lays it on thick with all the child abduction stuff. It also, well, it does. I mean, it has the scene where they're trying to contact the mom and then it goes bad, but it's like, 
you know, I, I think also the the first exorcist doesn't because it doesn't tell you the, mon- the demon's name is Pazuzu. It could be the devil, which is like an even darker right. idea. Like, the what devil. is right. this now even kindly in her? Do these straps? Yeah, it's uh to your what I remembered. I wanted to say, Dan, uh, in response to your comments about like the sort of um, the, the sanitization, how you know. The Exorcist, when it came out, was meant to be evocative, was meant to be, you know, well, not evocative, provocative, um, and and was meant to be, you know, not just like, I don't think necessarily like Edgelord movie, but um, I think, yeah, it was supposed to be upsetting. Edgelord movie, you know, you you can exactly galvanize people into talking about, you know, the content of of something. Yeah. Without, you know, and I think with with this one, yeah, I, (laughs) I think with this one, it, um, Maybe as a byproduct of the age we're in, where for a lot of good reasons, we're trying to be more sensitive, obviously, of course, to how we treat our performers and our cast and crew, which, again, we'll talk about with the original and just like what what we, um, I guess, put people through even on screen, even in the name of storytelling. But there is maybe a certain toothlessness mm-hmm. Very to this toothless. uh, as compared to the original uh, you know, not that there aren't upsetting visuals and there's, there, there is some genuinely like scary stuff, um, when the daughters are just coming back in their home and there's the church communion sequence, which is like, okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's overall, the issue with it is that it, 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 it can't even more than like the identity crisis, which again, is just like part and parcel with any of these legacy sequels. They will pretty much always have that issue, but I think there's a, uh, a lack of inability to really screw the 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 nail t- tighten the screw t- twist the, tighten the screw. you know any any or yeah. all of those aphorisms <laughs> well, I mean, the exorcist uh, the exorcism in the movie itself it kind of conceptually has some cool ideas we we, we don't know mm-hmm. really shit about pazuzu we, we don't know what uh processes from what cultures or regions will work against him so they have like different modes mm-hmm. of exercising at the same time i kind of appreciate that conceptually i yeah. just feel like mm-hmm. um it almost like felt like a video game like i'm sorry like like when she when that shit is coming out of her mouth and it's this very thin looking like holographic like steam yeah. or something it almost felt like each side had to like keep pressing x you know to try and get the fucking demon out of them whereas that that first movie is like I will. There is like psychological warfare, and uh, Pazuzu, Pazuzu mm-hmm. has that line about the one woman having an abortion, right? And she's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which, yeah. which is uh, there was pushback from that, but I actually feel like a demon probably would say some shit like that. So I, I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah. really have a problem with that. Well, but I feel like there's nothing like the moment it's, where Karis sees yeah. his mother in the bed, right? That's probably the yeah. oh single scariest moment in The Exorcist is when it's that shot reverse shot to his mother in the bed and, and she's just like sitting mm-hmm. up and like yeah. looking at him and like like her eyes are black, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't yeah. really have it's, anything like that. You know what it is? It's kind of like the um, it's like the Avengers vacation of, of The Exorcist <laughs> in, in the case that like. They're kind of assembling a team of right, exorcists right, right. throughout the movie. Yeah. And then there's the one guy and who's like, I can't, I can't which, guys, I can't. And then in the last minute, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here, yeah. Yeah, he goes in and then, and then, and, and then Pazuzu fucks him up. Just I got to give it up. The horror icons are getting old, dude. Michael Myers getting old. Pazuzu still got a few moves, dude. Mm-hmm. Took his jersey off the, <laughs> off the shelf. You know? He's not getting like beat up by high school. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, um, 
oh my god, the opening of Exorcist Deceiver is going to be like Pazuzu in hell, and there's going to be like younger demons. They're going to like knock on this door. Well, that ma- that makes know? me wonder, man. Do they have the budget for that? Because ex- the, the rights to the Exorcist cost apparently four hundred million, and this movie does wow. not look like it costs hundred million. <laughs> this this looks like yeah. some no, house. It, it was shot for thirty. That's insane. It's a thirty million yeah, dollar was, movie. I think it was mid budget. Yeah, that's insane. And um, um, they did she. I mean, well, I you know, there's obviously a lot of practical right. effect usage. So that's good. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, but the, the right stuff doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I, I wonder if there's someone who's probably more well, well-versed, but it's like they had the Halloween rights for three movies, mm-hmm. but now the Halloween rights have gone back into the They've pile. They've gone and to uh, Miramax. So like, yeah, which I didn't even know was still around. No, I thought like but, Miramax <laughs> and like uh, Dimension Films and like all that Weinstein company shit was like not, not around yeah. anymore, but you know. I thought it got boxed yeah. up. But here, yeah, I thought I thought Disney bought it and then like shelved it, but I guess not. Yeah, Um, and in in any case, but I I I I I do kind of wonder as you guys do what a sequel would even be, and it seems as if there's going to be a certain amount of like us going to hell in some kind of way because they have they have a moment which I think is genuinely exciting, but you know, Justin and I also maybe called about five minutes before it happened, which is like Pazuzu being like, choose between the two girls. That's, that's, and like, that's obviously actually, whoever... I, I, I liked that because like the, the dumbass white yeah. family goes to church on every Sunday and yet they don't know you don't make a deal with the devil. It's like, you know, like scream <laughs> yeah. at that guy. That's supposed to be the one thing that he, he would retain, right? From going to church like, his whole life, don't make a deal with the devil. But, uh, you know, of yeah. course he does and, you know, like any... Anyone who's a grandma daughter. would tell you the devil does not keep the end of the bargain. The Joker and the Dark Knight making it, the, uh, telling Batman which address to go to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Switching the addresses. Yeah, it's it's um yeah it's, it's the old bait and switch. And I think uh, yeah to what you're saying, Wes. It, I, I think I might have even leaned over to you in the theater. I'm like, okay, so are they doing like a Stranger Things like going to the upside down type of path for the next movie because. Otherwise, is like, she not gone? You know, is she not just very, fucking dead? Like I, that's what I assume. No, well they it, they in, they in, they imply that her soul is sort of oh. limboed, mm. and that maybe there's still a chance to kind of pull her back. I, you know, I don't know. Again, this is I'm not the person in the rooms, uh, the room where it happens. Shout out uh, Leslie Odom. Uh, so, you <laughs> know, hey hey. Uh, so I could I couldn't say, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too much left to say um, uh, apart. I, I agree with you, Dan. I think the combination of root work is what is what they call it in the movie, not mm-hmm. voodoo. Uh, root work with, you know, the sort of traditional Catholic practice, if nothing else, at least filmically, is different for this type of movie. Um, you've So you've got, like, her doing the chalk work on the ground, and then you've got, like, the nurse reading the rites and all yeah. that. Just Just to say that, of course, it ends with what it has to end with, which is... Um, Leslie admitting that because it flashes back to the beginning, he's told that he has to make a choice between his wife yeah. and his child. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. chooses, uh, actually he chose to save, uh, his wife. He wanted to save his wife, but the child was born anyway, which Pazuzu uses against him, but he has to come to grips with, this is my daughter and I have grown to love her. And so that is part of what helps pull her back, which I think is a sweet moment. It's, it's cool also to like, that's an impossible dilemma a lot of people would say, but it's cool. To, so it's cool to make your protagonist a little um, less than yeah, squeaky yeah, yeah, clean sure. in that in that regard, right? Like to to flash back and show that he didn't want to save this girl; he wanted to save his wife. Um, yeah. And 
again, you know, Karis, even when we talk about the original movie later, is not squeaky clean either. So at least there's that sense of like you have a protagonist who is a little complex um, and is dealing with something Mm -hmm. ugly. Um, It just it doesn't all come together in the end plot wise for me. And so uh, I I would if I were to rate it, I mean, I'm like I said, I I don't really have any more commentary. So if I were going to rate it, I would give it um, I would give it one and a half pierced up, cut up souls of 12 year old feet out of uh, seven, five. That's out of 75, yeah. um, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I um, I would agree with you, Justin. I like that Leslie Odom, who, I mean, we, we said is good, but it's like, uh, I think, like, one of the best young guys to emerge out of the last five years. Like, I think he's so good. Um, yeah. And I never have seen him in a movie where I'm like, oh, well, okay. It's like, it's like even if the movie's not as strong, I always think Leslie Odom's really wonderful. I think the girls are great. Um. I think the choice. I, I actually think the 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 climax of the movie, which is Leslie Odom's like love for his daughter, yanking her back, yeah, uh, over any of the spiritual practices, which are all valid. But like his his pure love for this girl being what get, gets her back is actually the most thematically similar to the original Exorcist. Like yes, the idea that like we we're always facing evil, but the only thing that could beat evil is like you loving someone so much she'll sacrifice mm. herself for them that's mm-hmm. what Karis does he beat the um, shit out of Pazuzu but, first uh, before he did that but yeah well he, <laughs> he, he, he beat the shit out of Reagan a little bit but you know I you know uh, I think I think you know I like this movie better than I like the final two Halloween movies um, that David Gordon Green did uh, oh, I think it's I still, you know, I just think it's 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 not as strong as it could have been, um, which yeah. is unfortunate. And I think maybe we should never have another Exorcist movie again. Um, <laughs> no, there was no reason to do this. Um, I think like the last two Halloweens and this movie are kind of like insulting in like mm. different ways. Maybe those movies just feel more insulting in that. Um, I guess like the treatment of legacy characters yeah. and Chris Neal does get fucked this up. Movie in this movie is is legitimately yeah. insulting. This movie is legitimately insulting because we know that like Friedkin would like fight tooth mm. and nail to try mm-hmm. to not get something like this made, and the fact it it released at a mm-hmm. very inconvenient time. I mean, for one, a week after Saw X, Saw X blows this movie out of the fucking water, but then yeah. Friedkin just passed away. You know. It, it just passed away and then to drop this over something that he was so kind of like possessive yeah. over, like that movie was his child you know he he was the way that carpenter used to be but free kim was like that yeah. for his whole career about the exorcist you know he he didn't i mean i'm not calling carpenter a sellout right but but um you know it it it's it kind of that would sting to me. I don't know if, if I was like in the Friedkin family or something, or if Will Friedkin was a good friend of mine, like knowing how badly he yeah. wanted this mm-hmm. to not get made and it, it coming out his, like, his kind last, of like his undermining last like his past, his last stuff, interview. You know? and being like, it yeah, was his last like, wish, man. Make, he wanted yeah. this to not come out. Don't let him touch you know, my film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, corporations do it. I was writing down little uh, bits of dialogue in the movie. Uh, just, just things that like, kind of confused me. I don't know how capable like any, any of these individual exorcists are because at some points it seems yeah. like a very ragtag thing. Like we're just doing it on our own. And at other points, like one of them says that CGI vapor mm-hmm. comes out of the white girl's mouth. 
Um, it looks terrible. And she goes, it's vapor from the inside. They're at a critical temperature, the start of an eruption. And it's like, you're just talking out of your ass. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? Do you, have, have, do, are you privy to like exorcisms creating vapor? Or, like, what is that? Um, so yeah, oh I mean, my the, God. The, the movie kind of is held together, I think, <laughs> like spit and glue. Um, it, it really falls apart in that, and yeah. really act two and act three is like, what the fuck? Well, we almost so, held it together. Almost <laughs> held <laughs> it's uh one not enough pea soups out of nine not enough crucifix uh masturbations chris mcneil i'll tell you this i like my exorcists who survived who didn't get blinded mm-hmm. it wouldn't have happened to me you're telling me this just now for the first time well listen if i was in the room with, with father karis and stuff it just wouldn't have gone down like that wouldn't have gone down like that if pazuzu had read my book art of the deal which was a very good book bestseller new york times i'm i'm doing marky mark and you're doing trump this is very good. I, I, the marky mark one is great when you realize what he's referring to yeah <laughs> Always luckily. The funniest thing though is Chris McNeil, who to our knowledge has never witnessed an exorcism. Right. <laughs> writing never. a book about it. Writes right. a book, is like, I'll help you out, Leslie Odom Jr. I love Hamilton. She goes <laughs> to to that woman's house and Pazuzu looks at her and, and is like <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, you came back. Her eyeballs out. It's like that's eighty-year-old. Yeah. That shit dog. was personal. Oh my god. No, yeah, Pazuzu. Pazuzu was like, oh, you're just <laughs> the bitch I wanted to see. Here works we go, baby. Over. Come here. Pazuzu recognizing Chris yeah, McNeil actually works almost better than Michael Myers not knowing who uh, Laurie's face is. It's like, right. it's almost like Pazuzu has been stewing. He's been waiting just to see this woman yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haunting uh, 12 oh, year old girls the world over just to get another crack at her. Well, I guess. No, in, in, in hell, Pazuzu sits at the little dive bar all day. Fucking freaking McNeil. Fucking Chris McNeil. Still talking shit about that. Come on, man. That was 40 years ago. Yeah. You know? However long in uh, eternal damnation time. Right. But, uh, yeah, well, that tees us up to go talk about um, the much uh, better movie, the one that Zach watched, uh, uh, we, uh, Exorcist, the original, <laughs> when we come back from the break. It's a wonderful day for a podcast. Hey, nicely done. Right, go ahead, Zach. Go on, Zach. Oh, um, here's the thing. I don't know any of the stats of this movie, like <laughs> how we normally do it. But now we're going to be talking about The Exorcist, the original movie. Um, a good movie. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, here, let me uh, let me let me just give you guys some context for this. I as as you know, when I was a kid, I used to ask all my family members to tell me all this plots of mm-hmm. scary movies because I was fascinated by them, even though I was terrified. And I had always considered this to be the scariest movie that was ever made because mm-hmm. that's what I was told. So I was terrified uh, starting this movie. Um, and I think for the first um, hour, I was genuinely like, like, I, 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 like, minimized my screen a few times <laughs> on my iPad and, like, pushed the iPad further away so I could just watch it like that. Um, and then once we got into the the second half of the movie, I, you know, was able to enjoy it much more. And I think it's an amazing movie. Um, 
but uh, I think it, it's we'll talk about this later. But I think the the build up to the actual exorcism for me was much more unsettling than um, the event sure. itself. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's how I've introduced the movie. Does anyone want to talk about? When it was made, <laughs> nineteen seventy three by Billy Freakin, Billy Freakin, and Billy there Peter Blatty, Billy, Billy Blatty, who wrote the novel uh, on which it is based and got to adapt it, which is a a great case for um you know authorship and authorship retention across mediums. Uh, it's cool that like you know I mean it's not it's really rarely I think if ever that well obviously there are yeah. cases but that a uh, a novelist gets to adapt his work into a screenplay. And uh, Freakin and Blatty really did freaking. so much work to like maintain the integrity of the story, exactly. which is which is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, so we'll, you know, Billy Freakin said that uh, it was a piece of shit first draft. Those were his words. <laughs> he said that in the first draft, and he was like, "What the fuck is yeah. this?" And I was like, "Blatty was definitely still alive when he said that." <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. I'm, they're not. They are very diff- dissimilar mediums: uh, screenplay, screenwriting, and and novel novelism if that's a word. So, uh, but yes, uh, this is the exorcist. This for me, just to get into initial impressions, I rewatched it by myself on, uh, May 1st is when I, I logged it. And, um, it was mostly, I had an inkling because I only remembered the shock value portions of it from seeing pieces of it on, you know, like cable when I was a kid, maybe it played on TNT or wherever it played. Where famously the movie is, is cut down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cut down right. Cable yeah. And stuff. Which makes sense. There, there's that line in scream where, where he goes, uh, they were showing the exorcist on TV. It reminded me of you, but all, all the best parts mm, have been cut out. Yeah. 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 Instead of, uh, your mother sucks cocks in hell. It's, uh, your mother stacks shelves in Michigan. Yeah. So heavily edited, stuff. heavily edited for TV. And I decided, let me, you know, rewatch it. Uh, I think because there was maybe a script I was writing or reading or something that I wanted to uh, look at The Exorcist as reference for. But um, I rewatched it on May 1st, essentially like a first time viewing for me in that sense and uh, and loved it. And rewatching most of it between last night and this morning, um, it's just every time it's you know, rising kind of higher in my, in my mm. rankings. I think that it's so well written, so well um, orchestrated. And the performances obviously really stand out, but particularly Ellen Burson and Jason Miller, who like are the the you know the 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 twin beams through which yeah. this narrative is kind of mm. you know being guided. And then of course we get Von Sydow at the end, you know, beginning and then he sort of bookends right. it, and his well, presence is like felt was a and waited for. Yeah, at that point well, he was such a legend. He had done Seventh Seal with uh, Bergman, but Virgin Spring, and for sure, even though he was only forty four years old. Yeah. When they I was shot gonna this. say it didn't yeah, look they just put him in, I was gonna know. say oh, really? like, you're not that old. Yeah, they put him in old age makeup. But but it's funny because growing up as a kid, I always saw Von Sido as an older actor. Uh, but yeah. like he was by the time he filmed uh what was it, Force Awakens, he was, was probably around the age that uh Marin is supposed to be in this movie. So it's interesting that like you know it, it, it I'm tripping right now. Guys, hold on. Me when the mushrooms hit. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you something really quick. I thought, yeah. <laughs> okay, before I saw this movie, I thought that that was him. And then I saw the movie and he didn't look like him because I've seen this man old. Like I saw him in Minority Report. Yeah. And so I was I was expecting that exact face. Another one. And so I, it yeah, yeah. wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's not him. So I just, I thought it was a different actor. And I was like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> he was voicing I was, I just was like, oh, I guess he's not <laughs> he in this movie. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was like a, a false memory. But that's... Uh, here we are. It was him. 
Von Sydow has got to be the only actor in existence to do multiple Ingmar Bergman films and then also be in Skyrim. <laughs> he's he's in Through a Glass Darkly, uh, The Seventh Seal, Wild Strawberries, and then you jump ahead like 50 years. <laughs> and he's, he's in Skyrim. Like what the man fuck? likes to, and he in, likes to and act. That's crazy. He's also in uh, in the Simpsons. But the crazy thing about Von Sydow is, so I I know he's in this movie. I, I'd seen this movie when I was like fourteen with my dad, uh, my stepdad. He snuck watched it with me, and I didn't know who Von Sydow was really. I mean, he's the old white guy who's in movies sometimes. Mm. Uh, and when I watched it again yesterday, I was like. How is he this old in this movie? It wouldn't make mathematical and, and sense. And is eight thousand years old in Game of Thrones. <laughs> in Game of Thrones, he is so old. Yeah. Like, like he's supposed to be hundreds right. of years old in Game of Thrones. Um, but I guess makeup. I guess yeah, crazy, really, really decent, great makeup. His first uh, movie appearance is only a mother from nineteen forty nine, and his final appearance is Force Awakens. 20, right? Let me see. No, no, no. His final appearance is twenty twenty one. Echoes of the Past, a oh. Russian film, directed by Nicholas Dimitrupola. Okay, I'm going to cut all this, but this is this is no, just this very is good interesting. Stuff. I used nineteen forty nine first appearance, final appearance, twenty twenty one. Wow. That's a really amazing filmography. I, I remember Von Sydow being in Force Awakens was a major thing. Like it was one of the yeah, that was mm-hmm. massive. Where, like, yeah, where we were like, huge. is he playing a Sith Lord, Obi Wan Kenobi? Like who is he yeah. playing? You know what I mean? Like, and then he shows up, and Poe Dameron is oh. like, "What's up, my guy?" And he's like, "I have something for you," <laughs> and he gives it to him. Before the galaxy knew you was. Kylo Ren. <laughs> hearing, hearing the name Kylo Ren being spoken by Max von Sydow was so funny. Oh my god! Uh, but oh yeah, I mean, I guess we should go the Exorcist. We're talking about the Exorcist. Uh, the Exorcist. Uh, I guess in terms of first impressions, as I said before, I watched it with my stepdad as a fourteen-year-old. Uh, I remember very distinctly him being like, "We're going to watch the Exorcist," and I was like, "Are we going to tell my mom?" And he was like, "Nope." Uh, and I remember being like, oh, it's not that scary. You know, because at 14, I'd seen so many horror movies, like watching the original recipe was like, well, I've seen this all before. Rewatching it yesterday, I actually found it really, really scary, even with the even with the commentary over it. Um, And I think a lot of that is the ability to do what Zach said, which is like make the first half really disturbing. Um, It's a trick that Ari Aster has actually stolen a lot, which is make the human stuff so realistic Vicious, yeah. as to as to make the demon stuff less so like i think i think the same way hereditary gets less scary mm. the minute uh the demon shows up like I, right. I think the movie's still good but I, I just don't think it's scary i think the minute reagan's head starts turning and all that it it's less you scary, settle down a little bit almost you settle down a little bit because you know the trapping yeah like, you know the stuff that people have stole however i do think reagan a floating out of the bed and B turning into his mom are two very scary moments. Still, it, like her eyes turning white, yeah, as she goes is, mm. is terrifying yeah. stuff. There's that re- there's that really well lit shot where she's just like laying in bed and, and the sliver of light is over mm-hmm. her eyes mm-hmm. and she's like hearing them talk mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. You know, she's kind of staring up at the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, I was a really big AMC kid. 
I would watch classic movies or like, you know, kind of contemporary classics, whatever, on the AMC channel, like on cable. And this was before they kind of had like a big cable hit yet. This was before Breaking Bad. This was before Walking Dead. So really, they would just show old movies all the time. And they in October every year, they would show the Halloweens. Really, they would show Halloween, the original, and then four and five because they didn't have the rights to two and three or the rest of them. So the Halloween movies, to me growing up, were one and four Mm -hmm. and five. And those are the the ones that I watched over and over. But they would show The Shining. They would show The Exorcist. And that's like how I first saw like that crop of kind of like 70s through 80s, like what are considered like the classic horror films. Mm -hmm. And I must have seen this with my mom and dad and i think my brother and we were sitting around uh and, and this would have been the same october that i saw the shining for the first time mm-hmm. we're all like watching it and um i'm so scared because like they're telling me it's the scariest thing in the world you know they're like same with you was mm-hmm. it's it's like something you hear about from like older brothers and stuff it, it's the scariest movie ever um and and i think i was like too afraid to really like give it its due um which is funny because i watch the shining that same october when i'm like eight or nine and i'm like really hooked and into the shining but like years went by where i was very like anti-exorcist i i think when i was a little kid and this is like so like funny to think back on i think i was like that movie sucks right um like because i was so big on like halloween and all those other movies and like seeing people rank the best horror movies and like the exorcist is always at number one i was like Man, like, fuck it. Like, this movie sucks. Like, I'll never like The Exorcist. And then I got, like, a little bit older, and I think I finally am, am watching it again, like, high school, like, freshman year of high school or something like that. And that was, like, when I finally, like, really connected with The Exorcist. Mm. Um, and that was when I, like, went and, like, I bought the box set, which is I, like, used my money and, like, bought the box set and, like, watched all of the movies. Um, I, I remember like being really shocked that Exorcist three was as good as it was yeah. um, and being shocked at the director's cut of the Exorcist which yeah. was not the version that I knew the version with the spider walk like really caught me cut. off guard because yeah. I yeah from the director's cut and I personally prefer the theatrical maybe just yeah. because it's what I know but I also don't really like the spider walk scene I think it breaks up the pacing mm-hmm. of that movie Um yeah. But like I said, like being at that age was when I finally started to like appreciate like what The Exorcist was. But it was also the first time I like took that movie seriously, I think. And now it's like this unassailable thing. Like I try and see it every October. One year they brought a priest in to like bless the crowd. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm they gone. showed the movie. They, they handed out crucifixes. Um, to <laughs> they, they were like they were like glow in the dark uh, little crucifixes like that you would get at like Party City or something like that. And the, the pastor or whatever was just like was just like. It was like a T-shirt underneath like the pastor jacket and then like the little like neck. Maybe it was some guy they just like pulled off the street. He was very convincing. He was like he helping he was, like, old the boy. The I'm a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this was at Cinema Village. I wonder if they still do that, actually. Danny, um, I, that, that was very cool. People, I, people really go all out for this movie. I know? tried to uh, watch the director's cut a couple weeks ago, Danny, and I just couldn't do it. I think the, there's I don't, a, I don't like that cut. There's there's kind of a speed to the pacing of the uh, theatrical cut where it's very like we only spend 10 minutes in Iraq and we're off and everything kind of gets worse. The director's cut blows the load too fast. Like I think, I think it's like you, the only, the only way the movie works is if the last resort is that she's possessed. Like the last thing that Mm -hmm, it could be is that she's possessed and having her spider. Like we do the spider walk and then we, and then we go right back to pretending like she can't get out of the bed. Yeah. Like it doesn't really work. 
Um, yeah. It's it's weird that he waited 20 years to release a director's cut and, <laughs> and just like dropped that and was like, hey, by the way, like in between these scenes, she gets out of the bed and walks down the stairs and blood is spewing out of her mouth and they never mention it again. It feels yeah. like uh, it, so it, it yeah. feels like a it feels like a cool idea conceptually. That's a scary idea. But then you put it in the context of the movie. and It's just like, all right, it doesn't make well. sense. The terror of the buildup in the first hour is like these the, the almost the small ways again uh, that that build and that in 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 the changes that are happening to Reagan right mm. and and they almost like grow exponentially like it's it's not like one thing is weird and then another thing it's like one thing is weird and then the next weird thing is like five times weirder than that you yes. know um, and uh, I think. I was reading a little bit about the the reception as far as the uh, and the themes, you know. That stuff is so interesting. Yeah, there's people who you know, there's a lot of people who look at this as like, well, is this a you know, from the feminist angle? Is this about like you know patriarchy being the only solution to female sexual awakening? There's people who mm-hmm. also think, well, actually, maybe Pazuzu is a female demon, and so her possessing another yeah. girl is part of agency feminist agency like that you know i didn't go too deep but it's interesting that again the conversations that are born out of this um i wanted to talk briefly about and i'm sure he mentions this in the uh in the commentary but what i was reading regarding the casting so freakin and blatty both fought really hard to cast relative unknowns there were people Mm -hmm. who were interested and there were people who the studio wanted uh for all sorts of roles for all the principal roles so jack nicholson had been considered for karis Paul Newman was interested. Um, Interesting. Paul yeah. Newman, wow. Yeah. Newman Paul may have cool. gone. Yeah, Paul Newman is cool. Audrey Hepburn, Anne Bancroft, and Jane Fonda were considered That's for Chris crazy. McNeil, but rejected the part. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, Friedkin initially wanted Carol Burnett. He said she believed she had range <sighs> beyond Burnett. her her persona. Her that would have been good. inspired choice. Wow. Yeah. That would have been really good. Yeah. yeah, but the studio turned her down. So Blatty and Friedkin were ready to go on her. Studio turned her down. Finally, they fought for um, Ellen because she actually contacted She's them amazing. and said she believed she was destined to play the, the part, discussing her own connections to the Catholic yeah. Church that she later rejected. Um, so or initially, the studio wow. had rejected her, but she she stuck is, it out. And she's weird? campaigned for. Isn't yeah. that weird to see like uh, just like something that comes across as like so immortal, like like it having like a weird kind of troubled production history? Absolutely. Where, yeah. You know, like at any point, like a contract yeah. could fall through and maybe yeah. uh, it's not Von Sydow. Maybe it's mm-hmm. Paul Newman. You know, that's a crazy thing to think about. Like, I can't imagine any frame of it being different than how it exists. You yeah. Know? It's so weird. And I mean, like, like, what if, um, if, if instead of, um, Linda Blair, it was like Jodie mm, Foster playing. Ray. Well, you know, you yeah. know. So as far as Linda, that's one of the really interesting ones, um, because at first they considered uh, Denise Nickerson, who had played the original Violet Beauregard in uh, oh, interesting. the Chocolate Factory. Interesting. Her family thought the script was too dark. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. And you know who refused to let her daughter audition was Janet Lee. We almost had Jamie Lee. Oh, interesting. As, interesting. As young Linda Blair. Yeah. That would have been really. Wow. That's a really interesting sliding doors. Does Does Jamie Lee still and do? What, what if Linda Blair is? Yeah. yeah right. What's yeah. the uh, the? Th- I really. Th- I mean, I think she's amazing throughout the entire movie. But I think what also just makes the buildup of Reagan's demise so effective 
is how good she is in the beginning of Mm -hmm. and like that relationship is so sweet like with her and her mom like they have this little moment where she's asking for like that horse and her mom's like no she's like why not and then they both start laughing it's just like yeah she's chasing her in the house and tickling her and stuff you know yeah and she's so good at that like she's so good at being like a sweet little girl so then to see Mm -hmm. her slowly like mm-hmm. just like turn is that much more horrifying you know like um yeah, i'm yeah that was it she's she's really effective and apparently zach it was a it was a um uh, kind of like a last like foot in the door uh thing where eleanor blair brought her daughter linda unannounced mm-hmm. whose credits yeah. to that point had been primarily in modeling and a single soap opera role Friedkin later recalled her as quote smart but not precocious cute but not beautiful a normal happy 12 year old girl uh, apparently, he asked her if she knew what The Exorcist was about. She told him she had read the book. Quote, it's about a little girl who gets possessed by the devil and does a whole bunch of bad things. Freakin asked her what she meant. Yeah. She pushes a man out of her bedroom window and she hits her mother across the face and she masturbates with a crucifix. Freakin then asked Linda if she knew what masturbation meant. She said, it's like jerking off, isn't it? And she giggled a little bit. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> uh, awesome. And he said, have you ever done that weird and she said, "Sure, haven't you?" She responded. Hey, so slow down. Sure, haven't you? <laughs> we were we were we were good there for just a second, <laughs> and then it, and then it, <laughs> hey, Billy, 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 bring it back. No, but apparently she was a joy on set. Like after yeah. every take, she like would break yeah. out and out of character and just be laughing and having fun. Um, I'm sure there were times where like you know you you have a 12 year old girl under four air conditioners and heavy makeup. Maybe she's not super happy, but. It's uh, the opposite then of of how Kubrick treated the uh, young Danny act. I was about to bring this up. Mm. Yeah, uh, because he, um, you know, was basically like lied to the whole time. Yeah. And, like he he uh, had no idea The Shining was a horror film. Thought it was a little uh, family movie, and basically when they called cut, it was like everybody was just all over him and like, yeah. "Want to go get some ice cream?" And you know that oh, kind okay. of thing. Yeah. Uh, the guy who plays uh, Doc Halloran. Oh, Scatman Crothers. Scatman. Yeah, yeah. Scatman Crothers was was like basically like a like a cool uncle. Okay, so the opposite of how like get get ice creams with mm. him and stuff. Do yeah. we think that? Uh... Well, yeah, the opposite because Linda Blair, you know, seemed to have been very. Well, she ought to be. They put her in that fucking makeup. Yeah, she has to say your mother sucks cocks in hell. So. Do we, do we Can't really that, uh, that, yeah. Linda Blair is the best child performance in a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, probably. Like she, she has to. Right. That's a that you don't see a lot of kids having to do that specific role for a horror movie. You know what I mean? Usually they're the victims in a more obvious sense, where she has to play both the victim and the antagonist. I, I was I was going to bring up a couple other options. I was going to say. We have obviously we have Linda Blair. We have Danny from uh, The Shining. We have the kid who plays Damien in The Omen. I haven't seen we that. We have the two kids from Us. We have the two kids from Us who are pretty great. Um, we yeah. have what's her name from uh, from um, Oh Danny? Help me with the name of this young woman from. Uh, uh, I was going to say A. Michael Baldwin from Phantasm. It says he was fifteen. Walter? I thought he must have been like eighteen or something, but he's only fifteen in that first movie. The Carol Ann actress. No, the actress on, from it just see. came out. The movie that we both like, the Jane Schoenberg movie. Oh, oh, we're all going to the World's Fair. What was her? She's in um, uh, she's in the uh, fucking Guadagnino movie, Bones and All. Bones, Bones and All. all. Mm. Yeah, I think um, um uh, Linda Blair is, is yeah, fantastic she's for good, all though. all the reasons Zach said, or or you know, I could echo is there's she's just 
luminescent and she's so sweet and uh oh you know what a, a good i'm so yeah, sorry no, to interrupt you justin newt, newt from aliens that, oh, that's yeah great, true especially because she doesn't speak right that's a good one she, or, does, she, or little she does, like here and she is a lot of lines, oh never mind yeah. <laughs> i was wrong hey. <laughs> doesn't speak to doesn't actually speak. she has a lot of lines <laughs> she's not mute um but uh yeah i think she's she's great there's also uh, so there's that parent relationship and then of course we also have the one between Karis and his mother uh between mm-hmm. damien and his yeah. mother which is like fantastic character i watched Shaun of the dead for the first time yesterday mm-hmm. uh there is i'm not gonna you know spoil plot but he has a, a very strong relationship with his mother and the whole theme of like the dutiful yeah. son and the sort of doting mother who doesn't want to like tell him things because they could become a problem so i was try- you know I, that really affected me in that movie even though it's mostly a comedy and then of course in this movie he's got this old ailing mother who is a little bit maybe nagging or whatever, but he's obviously trying to do right by her, be her caretaker. And it just seems like there's nothing that he can do that is the right thing. If it's the right thing for her health, it's not the best thing for their relationship. If it's better for their relationship, it's not good for her health. And so he's constantly in this, this, you know, um, this kind of, he's teetering. And um, I I just Mm -hmm. found it so uh, um, impactful on this watch and his performance, man. So good. uh, Like that guy. He's one. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got such a, I want to read what they said about him. Uh, uh, Freakin. So they, they had him film uh, for his test footage. He, he read the scene with uh, Burstyn where she's trying to convince him to do the exorcism. Great stuff. And it says, after viewing the footage the next morning, Freakin realized Miller's dark, good looks, haunted eyes, quiet intensity, and low, compassionate voice were exactly what the part needed. There's, there's the first yeah. moment where he meets Reagan, where he comes in and he's like, um, you know, well, if you're the devil, why don't you undo right. the straps? And there's this casual, because he doesn't believe yeah. she's possessed. So he's yeah. not, he's mm-hmm. just like, he's playing up to to the delusion but because he thinks this yeah. is still a psychological which issue. is really um, it's so good but it's so fucking funny because he's like he doesn't believe it look at her fucking face look at her <laughs> glowing green eyes green, buddy. like what, are you like i i, I like are you in, as soon as i walk into that room i'm like yeah. i have to make a call yeah she has another <laughs> voice coming out of her I always felt like the Jason Miller stuff in this movie was was the really like actually haunting stuff because you, you could you could even mm. I mean, as great as Linda Blair is and as effective as all of that stuff is, uh, somebody could write that stuff off as, as campy. I'm not that person, but somebody could. I think Jason yeah, Miller stuff like his nightmare that he has with his mother where he sees the face of Pazuzu oh, yeah. for the Oh my god, time. dude. Legitimately. Yeah, she goes very, back into yeah, the she comes out of the subway, uh, stop and she's calling to him and it's quiet and he's calling back to her and it is kind of one of those lucid dreams where where you're you can see something mm-hmm. but you can't touch it. Um yeah. sees the face of Pazuzu very haunting, but then there there's the more subdued moments like when he leaves the the home that his mother's in and he sees the homeless guy on the subway mm-hmm. platform and he's going, please father, please. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Catholic. And as he's saying that the train is mm-hmm. going by and it's casting rays of light over his face. And he's, he's very kind yeah. of uh, sickly looking, you know, yeah. um, just, just mm-hmm. these really, really like incredible uh, moments of despair. I don't know with, with everything yeah. going yeah. on with Karis and, and um, I, I, yeah, Danny, yeah, that's it, a great, uh, that's a great, that's a great point. I, I um, and I hadn't thought about it, but I think the way they shoot Karis's apartment, the way it's so dark and grimy, the way he goes into the hospital and his mother's in the in the mental ward. 
I think all of that stuff is really upsetting in the way yes. that I, I hate to keep bringing up Ari Aster, but he seems to be he's a director that clearly is very influenced by William Friedkin, even if he hasn't really said it in his thing. But, you know, the, the, the scene in, in Hereditary where, where um, he wants Scorsese to think that he's his favorite new Hollywood director. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 very clear. It's it's Friedkin. I mean, like, look at the way he shoots. Uh, Alex Wolf uh, in the car after the beheading, mm. like, and then it's just dark around his face. Mm. The chances of him and Scorsese hooking up are, are pretty high. <laughs> sure, man. Zach, go ahead. I just wanted to because you brought up something, Wes, for Believer that I thought was a really good point, and it like perfectly like encapsulates why this movie works so well, and that feeling of dread for the first hour. It's it really is like. It feels like a drama in that first hour. And so the whole time, like I was just waiting for jump scares. You know what I mean? Like I'm waiting to see like yeah. her mom walking by and Reagan's just like in the background and then she's gone. Shit like that. <laughs> and there's some effective, there's some effective jump yeah. scares. They don't, they don't really like do music or anything like that. But like the face of Pazuzu in the corner uh, when Chris McNeil is in the kitchen. Yeah, no, they still definitely do it. But I was, you know, I'm so used to like, thousands of jump scares all the time you know music stings and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so i think the way that they really ground this in reality is what makes it so haunting and that's why once reagan's head spins around i almost was like all right here we are like we're here weirdly relieves you exactly (laughs) because you're just you're waiting for that so like but the 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 way that they handle like her going to the doctors it's Mm -hmm. so it's so real. And I think one scene specifically really nails this for me. And I think it's interesting because that's, it's like what separates it from the director's cut um, in some ways is when, uh, what's her name? What's her, the mom's name? Claire? Chris. So when Chris finds out that her friend, Bert Dennings is dead, the way that that's acted out, the way that that's presented is so great because you see like, She's already at the end of her rope. Like she's coming home. Like she's dealing with shit. Reagan's upstairs. And then the way that this person delivers the information to her and she's just standing there, like at first, just like with this blank expression on her face, like what the fuck now? Um, yeah. And the, and then she loses it. Just like this, there, the, this feeling of right. very real despair. And then it just, you know, it cuts away. And of course in the mm-hmm. director's cut that leads directly into the spider walk. Right. And so mm-hmm. then like, it just thrusts us immediately into the supernatural. And I think it works so well without the spider walk because you're just grounded in this very real, mm. like family terror. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not supernatural yet. It's just like, what's wrong with this little girl and why are like mm. these things suddenly happening? Like, why did this guy just like fucking fall down a, the staircase from the empire state building, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think also, I've been to those stairs, if, by the way, those are a big tourist attraction in uh, Maryland. They are. Yeah. They're probably like the, the, the Joker, Joker stairs have become now. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> and I remember going out there on a family trip and my mom was like, you know, like we're going to drive past the exorcist stairs. And I was like, Holy, I was so excited. And we all, we all got out and we actually all took pictures by the exorcist. Stairs. That's cool. It was, it was pretty cool. I think Zach, they still shoot shit there. They shot that a uh, a new um Anna de Armas and uh cra- you know Captain America guy. That, Are you serious? Let's forget about that. They shot there. Ghosted. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, ghosted. They shot on the better last in the past. Uh, but I think if we are to kind of uh, uh, tap in even more to the puberty metaphor, there's something that's effective about Reagan never leaving the room yeah. because when you have mm-hmm. a teenager in your house who's like in that phase 
like the room, the door is right, shut yeah, all the yeah. time. And it's almost like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, when they come out, if they come out, then everyone is on edge, right? right? Or you're on edge when you go to approach mm-hmm. the door, right? So by keeping her inside yeah. the room, the movie very smartly segments when the horror will begin, yeah. right? Like as soon mm-hmm. as we pass this boundary, now, now I mean, obviously it's been, it's been tense or whatever, but now we're, it, now it's real. Yes. And so I think, you know, on that yeah. note, I, I, there's some aspects about the, um, about the exorcism itself that I think are really interesting. By the time Marin shows up, who, by the way, you want to know uh, who Warner, uh, who the producers wanted for Lancaster Marin? Who can take a guess what actor they yeah. wanted? Uh, Rando? Brando. Really? <laughs> it was Brando. They wanted Brando. Yeah. It would have yeah. been bad. Uh, but he wouldn't have memorized his lines. They, they would have <laughs> had to write it on cue cards and put it behind. They the have the Bible in front of you and he wouldn't have. <laughs> I, I, I've, uh, I've, seen, uh, I've seen something like this. The power of Christ compels. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Christ, uh, 73 Brando would have done a good job. It would have been, it would have broken the movie. Because we would have gone, that's more than yeah. Brando. Like, there's no, the, the sheen of realism would have, would have been have gone coming out right off of The Godfather. So he so he would have been yeah. like, and right really, before Superman, really right? Shit. Yeah. Well, before yeah. Superman, yeah, before, by like five years, I think. Yeah. He hmm. said Godfather was the last movie he tried in. So mm-hmm. I guess the exorcist would have been a, a phoned in performance. Probably. I, 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 so I'm glad that it's side out. But the, one of the things I think is really cool about this movie that I don't, I don't know if any how many other exorcist movies in this particular franchise have done this is um that the demon is afraid of Marin. Like I mean yes. they, they when they catch the recording he literally says fear the priest Marin Marin yeah. they have a feud but also as soon as he comes into the house the demon oh, yeah. like, like it, it you son of a him. bitch <laughs> yeah, yeah. from like upstairs and I yeah. love that like I mean you know there's Sometimes you watch these movies and it feels a little bit like they're saying there's there's no point in in belief because the the devil on earth is stronger than whatever belief you have. It's nice to have mom- even though Marin dies, spoiler alert, but it's nice to have like Damn, a sense man. that there's something that the demon is afraid of. That there is a there is a power that Marin represents right. that unsettles the demon. And so right. when he shows up it's cool, but then you also know there's this like this sword hanging over the whole thing of like he's old and he's tried to do this before and it took months and he doesn't have say, much left in him. Justin, that it's a contender for if not the greatest hero shot in movie history, him pulling up to the house, Ooh. getting out of the oh, cab, dude, street, <laughs> so fire, good, illuminating him in the on the Come sidewalk. On. Yeah, it's probably that's a hero it shot. Awesome. You know? It is. That is. It is. That's like and, oh, the big boys home. Yeah, and I and I know I I had this thought when I was watching it, and then I looked it up. They did try this, and it was bad apparently. But knowing the history of Marin and Pazuzu, I was like, oh, it'd be, I wouldn't mind watching a prequel of like the African. And you know who made that? It was it was you made for TV. Made that? It yeah. was made for TV. You want to, who did it? That was a Paul Schrader movie. Wow, Paul Schrader, wow. who wrote. Taxi, Taxi driver. driver. Oh, uh, wrote a lot of fucking movies. Mishima, he wrote and yeah. directed. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A that's a shame. But one of the I've never seen that. Yeah. I just know that it's like a made-for-TV like piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they get Stellan Skarsgård to play him, which is probably a good choice. The but. the only other Exorcist worth watching is three. Three is yeah. Very I'm gonna check good. that out. Very good. Three is wonderful. Three um, is really wonderful. The reason I brought it up is because he says something very important to Damien before they go in. 
um, they, their little like kind of uh, game plan yeah. meeting where Damien is like, don't you want to know the what? And he's like, you know, what for? But he tells him, you know, he's a liar. He will lie to confuse us and he will mix lies with the truth to, to hurt, attack yeah. us. And then so they go in and then Pazuzu tells Karis that he killed his mother. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. is he lying or is he mixing it with the truth? Maren maybe like it's, have it's said one that. of those. Maren maybe should have just kept it to it. No, he's only lying to you. Yeah, right, right. But but I think that that, him saying that, um, and you see Karis gradually becoming more and more unsettled as it goes on and trying to hang in with with what Maren is doing. Um, But I I think that him him telling Karis that makes that line so important because that's where it switches and Karis starts talking to the demon, which you're not supposed to do. Right. You're supposed to almost talk at it, rather speak over it, rather than have a conversation with it. And, you know, it's it's uh, it was it was just I, I love even though the scene whether or not it's as scary as the rest of the movie and I think there is fearful stuff in it but I think it's so well performed and of course the floating how did they even do that so like, good mm-hmm. what did they attach to get that Justin to work? how would you feel if you were playing Karis and your director was firing off live shotgun rounds on the set can you explain yeah explain that to <gasps> me uh, well okay so so, so there were blanks so there were blanks yeah. I guess which is like better than like live rounds. But um, he he was doing it like in between takes to kind of keep everybody jittery, and he, he was oh. he they had like a, a corner that they would keep the shotgun, and he'd be like, "All right, everybody ready," and he would just blast would one piss off, me off, <laughs> which I just think is so funny. I I think it's very cute. Like something about that is like adorable to me. I'd be like, "Stop!" Like, that freaking but- was just kind of this. <laughs> I don't know. That that almost seems like a like your 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 dad is getting like really involved in like the camping trip <laughs> yeah. or something yeah you know i have I mean? one role and he's doing this very kitschy <laughs> thing you know very very but, uh, kitschy dan you I mentioned like that, that he story. you mentioned and I, I made a joke about it earlier in the episode but that he was running air conditioners to keep I the think, room cold was was said that i or, never knew about the air conditioners i knew that the uh, room yeah, he, was he, kept freezing cold to get the breath uh, well, how did he do that without messing with the sound? Right. Is my question. I'm not so sure. he had two. He had two sets mm-hmm. built of the of the room. One was a regular room, and one was the trick room. Um, and it was on the other side of the soundstage, and it had four air conditioners above the ceiling uh. that would run all night, mm-hmm. uh, so that when they got in there, it would be thirty degrees under zero. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so they're not morning. on during the scene. They would but, cut it and then they would put on the lights and they could shoot for exactly like they were like four or five hours mm. before the lights made it too hot to see the right. breath. And then mm. they would uh, they I, shoot something else and then turn whew, back on. I guess breath. now is as good a time as ever to mention that this is kind of the uh, Macbeth of of like the, the classic horror movies in that like the Scottish play, this one is considered cursed. Cursed, yes. Which yeah. is why like when I when they go to see when they do the repertory screening, sometimes they'll do the kitschy thing where they hand out the holy water, which is probably just tap water. And then they'll like hand out the crucifixes and bless the audience and stuff. Um, the sets would like catch fire pretty often and there would be like a lot of accidents going on. Uh, the, the, the Vatican, uh, said something about how they believe like a demon is like living within the negative of the film, like the, Mm. the actual reels. Uh, there's a lot of, I haven't researched this in a while. One time I like went down a deep rabbit hole. I was looking up all, all the things that went wrong on set, but like there's, there's some stuff that is like kind of eyebrow raising little accidents and mishaps and things like that i heard that uh uh, when the set caught fire at least one time the only room that was left unscathed was reagan's room which if that if i'm on that set 
Fuck. I'm, I'm gone. I'm going. I'm leaving. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one thing that we haven't mentioned, uh, Justin, have you seen Exorcist 3 yet? Not yet. The way I think I think what Dan said about it being the only great Exorcist sequel is true, especially and it does feel like a sequel. It's the it's based on a book Blatty wrote and it uses Karis in a really interesting way, in a way that you wouldn't expect. Um I don't know. I, I know it was one of the, the thoughts to bring it on this show, but I think at some point we should. I think it's a really interesting pairing mm. to this and is the only sequel to get the alchemy of like mm. a real life thing is happening. Yeah, that's the, the Gemini Gemini killer. Yeah, the Gemini murderer. Mm. Yeah. Um, mixed with the religious stuff. Uh, well, Justin as it's an another old... Blatty novel that they adapted. It wasn't yeah, just like written Legion. as like a sequel yeah, to yeah. that to that first exorcist movie. It's like a totally yeah. Justin, as a old, uh, not not quite altar boy, but maybe a deacon, a, a deacon boy uh, <laughs> of some sort. Uh, what's your take on how this movie approaches religion and like religious practices and all that yeah. stuff? Do you have a thought on it? I mean, I've never been, I've never been Catholic, uh, but it, you know, so I don't know that aspect of it. But in terms of the just the Christian religion, I think, yeah, like I said, there's always a bit of like. <sighs> I, I get that the drama of all these movies is the idea that, you know, I mean, even, even in our, our learning, we understand that like earth is Satan's domain. And so like his power <laughs> over the earth is supposed to be, you know, um, very potent, potent power, uh, as they say. Um, I think it's it, when it does in this movie, what it tries to maybe do a little bit of, but doesn't ultimately fulfill and believer as well in terms of the bureaucracy of the Catholic church is kind of interesting mm-hmm. and like the hoops you have to jump through to justify helping someone, just like just helping someone, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you bring in the books, you, you read the rites, you pray, you, you spray the holy water, you know, sometimes when watching it, I'm also wondering how much of Reagan slash the demon's reaction is real or how much the demon is playing up like, oh my gosh, you're hurting me. Not the holy right, water. Right, because it's tap you know? water in that first um, one at least. Mm-hmm. And the first time it is, yeah, and so which leads to Karis's uh, hypothesis that she's experiencing like yeah. a psychosomatic situation. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's I think it's compelling uh, to use the meme, um, and I I think that in the same way, like I just when you got look that. at compelling <laughs> the power when of you Christ. yeah when you look at the um, at like the the doctrine of the gospels, like the the New Testament books, and how much they emphasize love. Exactly like you said, Wes. The idea that Karis, after giving two solid haymakers oh. to Reagan, uh, de- <laughs> demands <laughs> demands uh, Pazuzu or the demon to come into him, take me, and then sacrifices himself to to potentially expel yeah. it back into the air. And all throughout love, there's passion. It's love for his mother. It's I think, I think love for the priest. It's love for everything. He's gonna kill himself. Yeah, I think it's it's lovely. Oh yeah, Yeah. I mean that's that's why Karis is like such a good character. Is he's like he's a mixture of like he's almost too self hating to be heroic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like he's almost everything he does is self destructive. Yeah. Even the even the selfless act he does at the end is because he hates himself. It's because he feels. And it's almost as though he's been looking for a reason to do this, and now maybe he has one. And then he can yeah, be absolved exactly. right at the end right. by his friend. I, I really loved the uh, the little subplot of that detective uh, coming in and yeah. just talking about he, Burke he's Dennings. A face. He he has a great face. face. Yeah, and it just adds again all to that dread because like 
when the dude when the dude fell down the stairs honestly i was like oh like i'm sure i was like the demon probably had something to do with it but maybe he was just drunk and the demon like made him trip a little bit but like when he starts talking about how (laughs) his head was turned completely around like i was like oh like just again you know just adding like the sense of realism like you know this detective is investigating into the and you know what i mean you're just waiting for like just this shit to go down it's it's a really effective little uh b plot to insert into the movie lee j cobb is that uh that detective character he Mm -hmm. died he died in uh, 76 yeah uh lieutenant uh kinderman that's the guy that's a shame man yeah he he had a great career he's in a lot of great movies he he died like not long after exorcist came out though three years yeah he is the originator of the willie loman part in death of a salesman on broadway that's so cool yeah first willie yeah, no, he's fantastic, and and, and I love his, I love his little fangirl yeah. moment, oh, yeah. fanboy moment, so to speak. With uh, I lied, it's for it's me, for me. <laughs> you know, getting a little yeah. sweaty there. Um, so, uh, final thoughts and rankings, gentlemen, on on The Exorcist. Let's start with Dan. I mean, it's it's one of those mm-hmm. movies that uh, sometimes the mythology surrounding the movie is more pronounced than the content of the film itself. Like you hear about people mm-hmm. fainting in the screenings, and there's even like there's old like newscasts mm-hmm. about that people running out of the theater. But I mean, you know, that was happening a lot in the '70s in general. When Alien came out, they had this little statuette of the the space jockey the miniature and um at, at the mm-hmm. premiere and some guy like ran across the line and like uh tried to destroy it and like burn it because he thought it was satanic uh when the, when the last house mm-hmm. on the left came out uh people were trying to storm the projection booths to destroy the film they thought that was satanic too um i think the exorcist probably is the all-time greatest like version of a, a movie with a story like this though like in in terms of like uh mm-hmm. outcry and and controversy and uh you know like just one of the things that's always really interested me about horror cinema like how provocative it can be and the conversations it can start and the reactions movies like this can get the greatest probably mm-hmm. entry into that canon will always be the exorcist mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. i i almost yeah. feel like uh it's like obviously it's a five-star movie but i almost feel like i i can't really rate it i feel like it's something more primordial than i can even really verbalize it's a movie that's going to be powerful 10 years from now and 100 years from now uh so yeah that's uh better than sex i guess (laughs) double double tested yeah (laughs) um wes i mean dan fucking took all the words. I mean, that's not fair. Uh, let me try to say something new and in, ingenious. In, in uh, the Exorcist is like almost like it is horror. Like it is horror. Like everything since The Exorcist. The way Akira is sci-fi, hmm. you know, uh, The Exorcist is horror. I think everything about the horror genre comes out of the pipeline of Exorcist and Halloween, at least in the last 40 years. Hmm. Um and I think the thing that people forget about it is that it is such a, a melancholy and grounded movie. Uh, and I wish more horror movies were invested in the characters and in their suffering more than getting right. scares. Because we only really are scared because we care about what happens to this little girl. If you don't give a fuck about Reagan, who cares? Like, uh, honestly, like, who cares? But the fact that we we, we invest right. so much in the family structure and we and we want it to go well and it keeps getting worse is why the movie works. So I think, I mean, obviously it's immoral. I think it's incredible. Yeah. I think 
anything you may have about oh maybe mm-hmm. I, I i think you you look at you look at the best horror directors right now and they all have their at least a finger in exorcist you know what i mean like it, it, it has to be like i was watching uh i was watching the just the, the mundane like house stuff and i was like fuck like jordan peele stole a lot of this forget out just the way <laughs> he shoots the house you know what yeah. i mean like um i don't know i think it's an incredible movie and i think uh, I'm glad more it's being released in theaters again, yeah. so everybody can always. Oh, this is this is another one of those like this is just like Halloween, where like every October it's in any theater. You it's taking up a lot of real estate every October. It'll yeah. probably make more money this October than Exorcist Believer will make this October. Oh, absolutely. So. <laughs> uh, Zach, how about um, you? First time watching? Yeah, I mean, I definitely watch this again. Um, I'm glad that you guys forced me to watch this because I don't know when I would have gotten around to this, honestly. <laughs> um, and I, and it's, I mean, it's just a really well-crafted movie. Like just the the performances, the writing, the buildup, the drama, like just these dynamics. Like, I mean, you know, if you're not watching it for Reagan punching the shit out of a doctor and her own mother, um, lick me, lick me. A lot to nothing yeah. I could have expected. Um, you know what she did, <laughs> your cunting daughter. Yeah, it's. <laughs> um, but you know, if you're not gonna watch it for that, then just watch it for how these characters, like these actors, handle these very. Uh, grounded performances you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's it's just like it's just you it's captivating you know what i mean um so i'm gonna give it an Mm -hmm. immortal you know i mean i just it's like hey uh, yeah it's uh it's just it's that good and i'll probably be thinking about it for a long time which i think is like you know what you want out of Mm -hmm. any movie that you watch right yeah i uh i agree i rounded out with an immortal um the you know it (laughs) It strikes me as a movie. <laughs> is this the Freud? Is this the first four four person immortal? I'm that. sure it's not the first. Well, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I we they probably all did I that for four uh, person immortal. Lahan, right? Maybe no. Okay, well, I'll look at the files. Definitely not Repo Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, definitely not for Excalibur. One of my favorites. Get out of here. Um, I, I, but I, I, I think it's interesting. Like, like Wes said, there's, um, there's aspects of it you can see in a lot of stuff. I was thinking even that, like Jacob's Ladder, probably took Yo, a lot of what, definitely. The, like, if there was a solo Karis movie, I think Jacob's yeah. Ladder takes yeah. a lot of what that could yeah. be. I think Jacob's um, Lather owes a lot to Hellraiser and uh, Exorcist, yes, for sure. for sure. Um, but I think what's really compelling also, and, and I wrote this when I watched it in May, but I see it again, you know, upon rewatches, the idea of visibility, right? Like all the, a lot of the characters are, there's some sort of dissonance between how they look and who they are. Um, you know, even with Chris McNeil being this aging kind of fading starlet, right? Who, you know, has this rapidly declining mm-hmm. private life. And then you've got, uh, of course... The two priests, one of them who looks more like a boxer, and he's he's young, he's got the vigor, but he doesn't have the faith to back it up. And then mm-hmm. you've got uh, you've got Father Marin, who is a mountain of faith, but he's withering externally. Uh, and then, of course, obviously at mm-hmm. the center of the movie, you have Reagan, who's a twelve year old girl with the voice and strength and power of of the devil. So it's like very interesting how you you know you have this 
square base between these four characters of people who are dealing with the visible and the invisible. Um, yeah, I think it it has definitely worked its way up to becoming one of probably my top 10, if not top five favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, so Immortal 4, yeah. sure. And I'm glad that we could discuss it and give it a longer discussion than we gave to its, its, its uh, sequel. And give uh, more credence coming soon to the filmography of uh, one William Friedkin. We're going to be talking about Cruising, uh, one of my personal favorites, as well as Sorcerer, which is one of, I think, the greatest crime movies ever made. Uh, Stay tuned for those. They're going to be coming uh, probably in In November. In November, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, folks, we're back. We look to have uh, as regular conversations as we can with our busy lives. We love you. We We love love you. you We love movies. We don't love demons. Uh, be gone from us, foul creatures. Of the- Except for Hellboy. The power of podcast oh. compels you. The power of podcast compels you. Um, we'll be back. Deuces. See ya. Bye. Happy Halloween, also. Ooh. Happy Halloween!